hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Hello, it's Mark Hershaw. This is uh, another extra episode. Episode extra. Uh, It's uh, 61.5. And... uh, I am, um, as last time I did this, which was a while ago, um, I'm driving up Interstate 5 between Los Angeles and San Francisco, a little drive I like to call the Kessel Run in honor of Star Wars. And um, starting this recording a little further along than the last time, I was just barely out of Los Angeles. This time I've just passed uh, the little town of Kalinga, or the exit to Kalinga. You don't actually see the town. But it is famous to people that are um, familiar with this route because it is right next to the Harris Ranch stockyards where they have thousands and thousands of heads of cattle right next to the freeway. Uh, I heard this term from someone else years ago, I don't remember who, but have used it ever since. It's, uh, and it's, we, I call it Kauschwitz because uh, it's where cows wait to die. Um, and it just stinks. And today, Uh, It's 8.30 at night, it's 84 degrees here in the San Joaquin Valley, and um, there is this manure mist uh, just hovering over the stockyards as you drive uh, along the highway. Um, So you literally drive through a foggy veil of shit smell, Uh, really disturbing. Anyway, I'm through it now, so I can reopen the vents on my car so I don't pass out from the lack of oxygen. <coughs> Pardon me for a coughing. Um, if you don't recognize the sound of my voice and yet you are a Succotash listener, I am just getting over a really nasty bout of laryngitis I've had all this past week. And I don't really have any subject matter in mind right now as I'm driving along. Uh, last time I had kind of a rant about the, the state of podcasting. Um, not really the state of podcasting, because the state of podcasting is actually quite good. Uh, if lots and lots, hundreds of thousands of podcasts is a good thing, which I think it is. People are getting into it. More and more people are listening. Uh, the numbers have gone up appreciably in the last year in terms of... Um, how many people? I think last year at this time there was uh, 15% of people with access to the internet uh, knew what a podcast was and how to get to one and had heard at least one. And that number is uh, now uh, just past 20%, I think, last I heard. Uh, I think we heard that from Graham Elwood on uh, episode 61. And uh, so more and more listeners, more and more podcasters, which is fine. Uh, The herd will be thinned, as the case will be. It's just the way of all things. Many are called, few will answer, or whatever that saying is. Um, And talent will out. Content is king. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm not here, as far as I know, to talk about podcasting right now. Um on this special mini-episode 61.5. 
That said, I don't know what I am going to talk about yet. Uh, just kind of rambling. I was in Los Angeles to uh, celebrate the 40th birthday of a very good friend of mine, uh, a fellow who started out as the executive producer of the uh, several movies that I have written for the Hallmark Channel that actually got produced and got on the air. And over the course of the years of putting those together, we've become very good friends. He has a lot of very good friends, and it was a, a grand celebration of a man uh, passing his 40-year mark. Um, uh, both he and I had seemingly the same kind of cold, although we had not seen each other until just before the party. So. Um, he blamed me for actually giving it to him because I texted him a couple of days before I headed down and told him I was suffering from this thing. And uh, he said he started to feel this tickle in his throat the next, very next day. So I claim to have passed along the first textually transmitted disease. That was a joke I crafted just for that occasion. Um, anyway, so I was planning to hope to see a bunch of other friends while I was down in L.A. this weekend. Uh, a weekend is not a long period of time, obviously, and I couldn't get to that many people, but I also forgot that it was Father's Day. So some of the guys I was hoping to do some interviews for the show on or with, <coughs> excuse me, were, uh, were not available. They just, uh, you know, they were with their families and um, felt, I guess, that being with their kids was more important than being um, on Succotash this time around. I'm just kidding, of course. Um, couldn't work it out with uh, time-wise with Ed Krasnick, who, uh, you know, I lost my original interview with him when a hard drive crashed. Steve Smith, another victim of my fallen hard drive, is out of town on a cruise ship entertaining somewhere, so he was not available. <coughs> and Brant von Hoffman, uh, who makes the third of my triumvirate of lost interviews, was um, going to a, a Dodger game today, uh, along with the birthday boy and a bunch of other people, so uh, he was not available. And why, Mark, weren't you going to the baseball game with all these friends with the birthday thing? Well, I, I'm just not a big sports fan, and uh, I knew I was going to have to head back to San Francisco before the game was actually over, and um, so I just bowed out gracefully, took a couple of meetings with some friends for some projects I have in mind which I may or may not tell you about if anything ever happens with them. Uh, I, I meet with a lot of people about a lot of different things. Uh, and that's in spite of the fact I have a full-time job. But uh, my mind is always trying to think of some other thing to be doing with my empty time. So I had the occasion to have a couple of meetings on, uh, as I said, a couple of different projects. Uh, one a Two different TV projects, actually but I can't tell you anything about them yet because they are not fully formed and uh, they won't make a lot of sense. Um, I was just sort of spitballing some ideas and getting some feedback on whether they really would work for the medium or not. Um, what else? I uh, sent a message to Travis Clark from Tiny Odd Conversations today. Uh, one, to, just to let him know I was in town, although I didn't think we'd have time to get together. He said he was doing Father's Day stuff with his dad, uh, comedian Blake Clark, who I know, so I passed along my greetings, although I don't know if Blake really remembers me. Um, anyway, I had this idea that I will tell you about uh, that I told uh, to Travis, um, 
And for those of you who listen to Succotash all the way to the bitter end, and that's after Bill Haywatt says his, his uh, goodbye, uh, you know that since the beginning of the year I've been playing a different recipe for Succotash that I've uh, gotten off of YouTube. And that was an idea I got from Jabs from the D-Head Factor in Australia. Uh, he he uh, did it on his Succotash tribute show on Succotash Day, last December 4th. And uh, I said, that's a great idea. Do you mind if I borrow that? And he said, well, what am I going to do with it? It's all about Succotash. So I've been doing that. But after doing it for, gosh, I don't know, what has it been, 25, 30 episodes, uh, the fact of the matter is um, I've begun to run out of um, Succotash recipes on YouTube. I've taken the audio out of almost every one that I can find. So I believe what I'm going to do is uh, throw the doors open for more Succotash recipes from comedy podcasters. If you want an extra little bump, uh, you can either uh, email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com, and I will send you a Succotash recipe that you can read in whatever style you want to, and then record it and send it back to me as an MP3 recording and I'll throw some sound effects in the background like you're actually cooking maybe I don't know um, but if you've listened to Tiny Odd Conversations uh, Travis and Brandy have had a visit uh, on several occasions from Chef Eddie Vetter uh, who uh, has a very unique way of giving his recipes so I suggested to Travis it might be great if uh, Chef Eddie were to uh, give us a succotash recipe so we're going to put that together in the next uh couple of weeks, depending on his time available, uh, and that'll be the start of my podcast uh, donated Succotash recipes, and if, as I said, if you are a Succotash or a, a comedy podcaster and want to get a little extra bump for your show, on my show, you can record one of these Succotash recipes and I will play it uh, at the very end of the show, so that's, that's something new that I thought of. Uh, what else? Um, I miss Los Angeles. Uh, I don't get down here nearly enough. The last time was, gosh, what was it? Four months ago? Is that when I last did this episode with uh, the driving up I-5 thing? But uh, I miss it. There's just a lot of people down here I know. There's a lot of business down here I want to be doing. And uh, there's even a lot of podcasters down here. Um, not that there aren't a lot of podcasters in San Francisco, but they're all sort of spread out. And uh, they don't all know each other. In L.A., it's all a bunch of comedians for the most part. Or friends of comedians or producers of comedians or, you know, people that know comics. And so everybody knows each other down, down in L.A. <clears throat> so it makes it a very kind of fer fervent and vital spot for podcasting. Speaking of which, just before I turned off uh, the latest podcast I was listening to, which was the newest episode of Jake This with Jake Johansson, um, I turned it off so I could record this. I will get back to it when I'm done recording. But uh, Jake Johansson is coming up to San Francisco this week. I'm hoping to catch him on Tuesday night at the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley and see if I can schedule a time to do an interview with him um, I think he's going to New Zealand or something for a family visit with his wife's side of the family. But uh, I've known Jake for a long time, and I think I've even teased trying to get him on the show before. So far, all of my attempts to hail him via Twitter 
<coughs> an email. Just haven't been able to get a hold of him. So uh, maybe if I uh, run into him face-to-face, I can finally nail him down to do an interview for the show, which would be great. He's a very funny guy, very nice guy. So we will stay tuned for that, see if that comes about. The sun has set here in the... Uh, yeah, I said San Joaquin Valley earlier. This is actually the San Fernando Valley. The uh, San Joaquin Valley is on the other side of the grapevine, uh, closer to Los Angeles. Uh, so I'm driving through the San Fernando Valley, actually. And um, the sun has set, although the sky is still quite light out. Cars uh, have their headlights going, though. So it's, uh, it's getting near dark. It's 840 but we are nearing the longest day of the year. It's June 16th as I'm recording this. So we're five days away from the longest day of the year. And then after that, <coughs> of course, the evenings start to get longer again. Um, hmm. What else can I talk about? I have been uh, uh, buoyed up by the... Uh, growing number of clips that are being sent in by comedy podcasters so thank you for being proactive, uh, saving me some time and energy of having to harvest clips, uh, which of course I enjoy doing, but it's really a full-time job and I have a full-time job, so uh, when you guys send me clips and tell me a little description of what it is I'm going to be playing, it uh, saves us some time and uh, everybody wins Uh, so that's nice, um been trying to get to more and more new podcasts. Uh, been getting some favorable responses to the top 10 most active shows on the Stitcher Top 100. I think, like me, people enjoy hearing the shows that are really making some moves rather than just the top 10 that just sort of switch places with each other once in a while. Um, excuse me, I'm going to get out of this lane. I'm in the right-hand lane of two traffic lanes. And on, the, on this highway, the, the right-hand lane gets really chewed up because all the 18-wheelers drive in it. So it's a much more sort of bumpy, noisy ride. And so if I switch over to the left-hand lane, it won't be as, uh, as noisy. Um, I kind of got off the track there. Uh, anyway, so if you, uh, if you want to send clips of your show, uh, go ahead and send a three- to five-minute clip. MP3. You can send a wave clip if you want. Uh, either way, I can handle both those. And uh, just don't send a, a like a prepackaged promo with you know you telling me what uh, on the promo with some lead-in music and who's on the show and stuff. Because I just cut that stuff out. I just because we really do just play clips on the show. So uh, I I appreciate the prepackaged um, promo. But uh, it's the sort of thing that everybody will play, which is very nice for their other friends in podcasting, which is great. Uh, it's a great way to get the word out there is for people to kind of share trading messages about each other's shows. So uh, keep on doing that for, for those people, which is great. And if you just want to send me that promo, just know that I will clip the ends of it off. Um, and I'll just do the, the intro into it myself because that's just what I like to do. Something I'm surprised more people aren't taking advantage of is my offer to play your uh, doing an ID for Succotash just by calling the Succotash hotline. 
Um, maybe you haven't caught the Twitter notices, which is kind of about the only thing I say about it. So if you've not heard my offer, if you're a comedy podcaster, you can call the Succotash hotline anytime, day or night. Operators are standing by. It's a, it's a toll call, so maybe that's what's keeping people from doing it, but I can't afford an 800 number. Uh, it's 818-921-7212. And all you have to do is uh, say your name, uh, the name of the comedy podcast that you're with, and s- just tell people you- that they're listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Uh, I play two or three of those from different people throughout the show. So if you want to listen to the program specifically for one of those, you can hear what those sound like. But you don't even have to stick to that format, really. You can say whatever you want to about your show. Just don't make it very long, you know, one or two minutes. And just, uh, hey, this is so-and-so from the such-and-such comedy podcast or podcast or however you want to promote your show. And you're listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Again, the Succotash hotline number is 818-921-7212. So if uh, you get that in there, I will uh, record it off of our voicemail and pop it into a future show. So far, this hasn't been a very interesting talk, I don't think. I'm mainly talking about ways to promote your show through my show, uh, but that's okay, I guess. There's no law about what this has to be about, and I'm not feeling particularly ranty, uh, nor is my voice going to hold up much longer, so... I should try and think of something more uh, substantial to talk about. Oh, I know. I um, I had breakfast with Rick Overton, a good friend of mine, a friend of uh, Succotash, and uh, proprietor of his own podcast now, Overview with Rick Overton. It's over on the Sideshow Network. Uh, also, of course, you can grab it from iTunes. But uh, Rick and I had a chance to have breakfast on Saturday and um, uh, talked about uh, you know, I do reviews for Splitsider.com on This Week in Comedy podcast, and I'm thinking of maybe expanding that a little bit and uh, still doing that one, but uh, I completely kind of slipped my mind that uh, I'm a vetted blogger on Huffington Post, and I do movie reviews and record reviews, and I uh, rant about stuff sometimes, and uh, I got on there because when I did my book, I Hate People, the publicist got me vetted somehow. I have no idea how, but uh, I'm able to post stuff up there. So I think I may start doing uh, some, you know, extended reviews of people's shows up there. Uh, I'll try it and see, because on HuffPro Comedy, they actually do podcast reviews. Now, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but... I don't know, maybe they'll just slot me over in that section. I don't know what will happen. It'll be exciting. I told Rick I would try and do his show first, so uh, maybe I'll do that as a flyer and just see what happens. Uh, They've never not posted something I've written, uh, so it'll be a good experiment to see just uh, whether I can get away with that or not. It's not like getting away with anything. I'm just reviewing podcasts, so if that happens, uh, maybe that's an offer I can uh, throw open to the rest of the comedy podcasters in my audience, that if you've got a really, really, really good episode that you can let me know about and I can hear in advance, uh, maybe I'll I'll be able to give it a great review, uh, or maybe I'll start doing bad reviews of shows. I don't know. Anyway, that's another thought that crossed my mind. Ah, I saw Man of Steel uh, this weekend at the Burbank AMC 16 Theater. 
I saw it in uh, 2D, non-IMAX, and I'm glad I did. The action in the second half of the movie is so crazy and frenetic and sort of eye-searing that uh, I imagine I would get somewhat nauseous trying to watch it in 3D and IMAX version. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really enjoy the film. Um, I am a huge Superman fan. It was my favorite comic book as a kid. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Christopher Reeves starring vehicle. Uh, I even enjoyed the old uh, uh, TV show, the old Bat, uh, Superman TV show with George Reeves was fun. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I don't, the, the only way I could really tell you about the movie was is to give you probably a bunch of spoilers, so I'm not going to do that. But it just, um, I don't know, it was too long. First act moves pretty slow, uh, or the first half. Uh, and it's a long movie. And the second half, well, it moves too fast. It's, like I said, the action is like crazy f fast and sort of irrationally so. It's uh, just a lot of, and I don't really care about seeing violence on the screen. That doesn't bother me. This was just sort of uh, unwarranted, just craziness. Um, buildings coming down and all sorts of stuff. And lots of scenes of guys with superpowers throwing other guys with superpowers like for a long distance making a furrow in the concrete it's like okay I can see that once I don't need to see that 18 times I get it um, but I think it's a favorite of Zack Snyder he does that sort of pavement crunching thing in almost every movie that I've ever seen so uh, he went crazy with it this time um, anyway the half the theater applauded at the end of the movie so clearly uh I'm I'm not in the minority, but I'm in the, the other half that didn't care for the film, I guess. Um, it's still going to make a buttload of money, and they've already uh, signed on to do the sequel. So whether I liked it or not doesn't really matter. It's not going to stop them from making the next movie. Who knows? Maybe I'll like the next movie more. Uh, I got to see um, Star Trek uh, No Colon Into Darkness with Phil Lerness of Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Uh, he is a member of the Directors Guild of America because he is a director in America. And uh, so uh, we had lunch, uh, we caught up a bit, and uh, then we went and sat in, oh, this was the best part of the movie. I mean, I've seen Star Trek before. I've, you know, I saw the movie a few weeks ago, and I enjoy it. I, it's a fun movie. Um, are there problems? Uh, what movie doesn't have some sort of problems? But it was very enjoyable. Um, but here's the best part of seeing at the Directors Guild, there is no talking allowed. Uh, which, I mean, there's not supposed to be any talking in regular theaters, but nobody ever listens to that. But at the Directors Guild, you have to be quiet or they'll toss you. And uh, it's all people that respect the industry pretty much anyway, so they're going to be quiet. But it was to the point that as the lights were going down, somebody was just sort of finishing up their conversation and someone else in the theater loudly shushed them. And it was just, other than, you know, responses to the film, like people laughing or gasping or whatever, just no conversations. And you're also not allowed to leave until all the credits have rolled because the Directors Guild, you know, although it's for the directors, there's a lot of other people from the industry that get in there. And so out of respect for everyone else who's helped to make the movie, 
uh, you must sit attentively and wait till the credits are done. Uh, so it was a very enjoyable. I haven't uh, seen a movie in that fashion for about 10 years. It was uh, very relaxing. It's nice. Uh, great theater, too, with the Directors Guild. So thank you, Phil, for getting me in to see that. That was great. I'm going to uh, register a complaint right here on my podcast about uh, bad drivers on I-5. Uh, I'm behind an Impala right now. Now, I said before, this is a two-lane highway. Uh, so there's basically a slow lane and a fast lane, or usually a slow lane and a slightly not-so-slow lane uh, to the left, you know. And mostly the on the right-hand lane, there's always 18-wheel trucks, but they'll occasionally pass a slower 18-wheel truck by swinging out into the left-hand lane. So this Impala on behind... If they'd kind of stuck with the traffic flow ahead of them, this big rig couldn't have gotten in front of us, and so that slowed us way, way down, and there was no reason for it. This Impala just clearly doesn't know the rules of the road. And if I were a ruder man, I would read you the license plate number on this Impala and embarrass this person publicly, but I'm not going to do that. It's probably illegal anyway. Um, Anyway, now he's out of my way. Okay. One of the other podcasts I listened to while I've been on my uh, drive this weekend, um, really enjoyed it, Uh, and maybe I'll play a clip from it, Um, was The Nerdist. Uh, They had Rick Moranis in the studio um, from what they were back in New York, and uh, I mean, when was the last time anybody heard from Rick Moranis? He's been doing music. He has a second music record, like a... uh, I think it's some kind of country music or something they were talking about. Or maybe that was the last one. I don't know. But anyway, that's all he's doing now. He's doing music and um, just came on board to talk about, well, it wasn't just to talk about his album. He talked about all sorts of stuff, which is sort of like everything from, you know, Ghostbusters and uh, My Blue Heaven and SCTV and why he kind of disappeared. Uh, it's a fascinating story. He sounds like a really smart guy. And uh, just, uh, it was, I, I mean, that to me is one of the, the kind of the magic things that podcasting can do. I mean, he didn't want to go on a radio station. Who wants to do that anymore? Uh, but he was happy to go on a podcast. And it was the first podcast he's done was The Nerdist. So kudos to you, uh, Chris, <coughs> Chris Hardwick. Uh, speaking of which, not that Chris Hardwick listens to my show, but uh, Chris, I had lunch with, um, just before I left L.A. today, uh, Burt Wheeler and Sharon Sussman, who uh, are the uh, the producers behind uh, Singled Out, which is what initially brought Chris Hardwick to fame as a youngster. Uh, so that was kind of funny. I had lunch with them just after I finished listening to uh, the interview with... Rick Moranis, uh, interesting convolution of things there. Um, anyway, so if you get a chance, as I said, I'll, I'll try and clip out uh, a little piece of the Moranis interview. But uh, if you are a Ghostbusters fan, or an SCTV fan, a Rick Moranis fan, uh, get up to thenerdist.com and check out that episode. I mentioned before, I've got all these different projects I'm always working on and whatnot. And uh, if you're in the San Francisco area, there's a live stage show uh, comedy performance that I'm helping to produce called Speechless. I don't even know if I've talked about this on Succotash before. Uh, This will only be the third 
edition of this show. It's really kind of the brainchild of Sammy Wegent, who is a fellow that I uh, taught improv comedy with at the San Francisco Comedy College for a couple of years. And I had him on the show as a guest, I think back around, I'm going to say episode 26 without checking. Um, he had produced a web series uh, called Everyone's a Comedian, or Everybody's a Comedian, uh, which I had a little part in one of the episodes. Um, anyway, Sammy came up with this idea, uh, and it's, uh, gets, it's been getting a great response. We've sold out both the shows so far. We've, we're in our biggest venue ever. Coming up on uh, Thursday, June 27th at 8 o'clock, uh, we will be at the, um, I'm going to forget now, in the heat of the moment, um, the Delancey Street Screening Room on the Embarcadero. Um, anyway, let me tell you a little bit about Speechless. <coughs> the idea came from Sammy finding out about this thing that happens at the end of tech conventions a lot of times when the uh, the tech guys are just sitting around kind of breaking things down and everyone has left. They challenge each other in this game called Battle Decks to uh, do these impromptu presentations using a PowerPoint deck that they've never seen. Uh, and Sammy has formalized the entire thing where we have presenters, some of whom are comics, uh, some of whom are just business people, and they get on stage one at a time, and they get a topic at random. It could be a TED Talk. It could be the launch of a new app. It could be a wedding speech. It could be an airline safety speech, any sort of, all sorts of crazy things. Uh, it's spun on a big wheel, and it comes up at random, and then they have to do a cohesive presentation as best they can based on, like, 10 PowerPoint slides that they have never seen before. Um, it's really a fun show. You can get up to speechlesslive.com and um, if you go to uh, the uh, What is Speechless page, which is the second page on the website, there's a few sample videos there from our very first test show we did. Um, so you get a little bit of a, the flavor anyway. But uh, So that, again, is going to be on the 27th of June, which is uh, a Thursday night, two weeks, a uh, week after this, 8 o'clock, the Delancey Street Screening Room, and the address is on there. You can get your advance tickets are, I think, only 10 bucks, <clears throat> and then at the door, I think they're 12 50 uh, I can't remember what they decided on for the ticket price, but anyway, check that out, speechlesslive.com, and uh, it's a really fun show. Uh, I will be there. Uh, running the uh, the PowerPoint shows, uh, kind of putting them up and making sure everything is running smoothly. So there you go. That's Speechless. Speechlesslive.com. The show is called Speechless. Hey, I found out this past week that uh, Suckatash uh, got up into the What's Hot section of iTunes, which is fantastic. Um, so did a bunch of other shows that we've featured before. I don't have the list in front of me, but uh, congratulations, everybody. <clears throat> I don't know if helping to promote each other's shows is uh, having a great effect or exactly why that's happening, but that's cool. And um, so thank you for, uh, for listening, rating, and reviewing. If you hadn't had a chance to do that, by the way, um, just uh, you have to get up to iTunes through your computer. You can't, you can go to 
our iTunes listing on the web, but you can't actually do anything with the ratings. But if you go through iTunes, you can give us some stars and you can give us like a little review, a couple of sentences maybe. And uh, that would be cool because when you guys do that, we end up getting uh, seen like we did this last week on the What's Hot section. And uh, we really appreciate it. But uh, thanks again for listening. I have a couple of TV show recommendations for you. Uh, Now that we're in the summer doldrums of American television and uh, Game of Thrones is over, um, I guess we do have Breaking Bad is about to start up. I think that's in August, though. Uh, Something else is starting. I can't remember. In the next week or two. And Eastbound and Down, I think, is coming back for its last season in September. But uh, caught a couple of things on BBC America, uh, one of which I heard about through tweets from Patton Oswald, which was uh, a show, show called Orphan Black. And the first season just concluded, but I'm sure you can catch it either on, replaying on BBC America or maybe on Hulu. Uh, but Orphan Black, it's a 10-show first season. And it's uh, if you like uh, science fiction, Uh, but sort of, you know, science fiction of the now, it's about cloning, um, it's a pretty good show, inventive, uh, pretty dramatic, it's got some, it's got some, not laughs, but it's got some light moments in it, so check out Orphan Black, and, uh, In the Flesh, which is their, uh, twist on a zombie show, yeah, yeah, I know, another zombie show, right, um, this one was surprisingly entertaining and very dramatic, um, the setup is that uh, people came back from the dead. They literally rose out of their coffins, out of their graves. <clears throat> so it wasn't really a disease, uh, but people that were fighting the undead, just like you know most zombie movies. But the government discovered uh, a serum which basically stopped them from being raving maniacs and re- regain their their personalities, although they're still undead. Uh, and they're being reintegrated into society. It's uh, fascinating. So I've seen the first three episodes of In the Flesh. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So there's a couple of recommendations uh, when you get tired of uh, listening to podcasts and you take a break and rest your ears. I guess you still have to listen. Uh, but it'll give your eyes something to do. Something I'm looking forward to in, uh, I think I'm going to do it in episode 62. Uh, if I can get a hold of Jabs from the D-Head Factor, uh, you may or may not be aware of his show he did called Boganwood, which was a limited eight-episode series for the first season. And it's a it's a very inventive little idea about, um, uh, I, I guess I'll use the word white trash uh, until I talk to him to get more of sort of the Australian take on what uh, exactly these people were like in this suburb that he's invented called Boganwood <coughs> and their sort of low-rent adventures. Um, but it was a fascinating show. I, you know, some of it I didn't understand some of the words or the references because it's uh, about Australia. Um, but it seemed like a story that could happen pretty much anywhere in the Western world. Um, and uh, so I'm going to do a little featurette on Boganwood and uh, probably play the first couple episodes and then maybe play an episode uh, every Succotash episode until I get through all of the 
eight. Um, so you can check it out for yourselves, or you can just do what I did and just binge listen to them. Uh, I listened to them on my way down from San Francisco, got all eight of them under my belt. Uh, but I'll talk to, to Jabs and have a little interview with him about how he came up with the idea, why he decided to do it, uh, because it kind of shows another inventive side of podcasting. You know, here's a guy who does a show about sort of talking about the news headlines and uh, shooting the shit with some friends. And, you know, it's a D Head Factor is an entertaining show, but it's uh, very typical of what we hear in podcasting. Boganwood, on the other hand, very different, this sort of uh, humorous narrative, if you will. Um, so it may give uh, you other podcasters some ideas, or if you're thinking about getting into podcasting but still haven't kind of hit on what it is you want to do, this could be something to, to, uh, to wet your whistle and uh, give you some inspiration to do something a little different than what's going on out there. Uh, so be listening for that. As I said, I'm going to try and get this in in uh, episode 62, but it'll be a little featurette, uh, featurette on the, the show Boganwood. But I don't want this little uh, little extra show to be just about uh, about succotash in general. Uh, I've talked about a couple of different things, but uh, I guess one of the things I'll talk about is uh, sort of the nature of comedy. You know, coming from a, a background of improv and teaching improv and having produced stand-up comedy shows and writing for stand-up comics like Dana Carvey and Bill Maher and Jay Leno, people like that. Um, for you podcasters, you comedy podcasters in particular, uh, who haven't really had any schooling in how to how to be funny in terms of how to write comedy, uh, a lot of you are very naturally funny, and uh, not sure if you know why your stuff works, or when it's working, or when it's not working. <clears throat> but just a couple of observations in general. Uh, from the many, many, many podcasts that I listen to and screen and clip. Um, one of the things about comedy that makes it funny is its specificity. That is, when you make references, the more specific you can make them, the better your audience can visualize what it is you're talking about. The more general you make something, the more that image in someone's mind can tend to differ from person to person so you sort of get off the beam in terms of making sure everyone's in the same place when you deliver the punchline. Uh, not that you're always telling a joke but there's always going to be a humorous conclusion to what you're talking about and if everyone is still trying to sort of figure out what that is that you're talking about they may not arrive to all laugh at the same time if they laugh at all. Um, so I guess as a general note, really, is as you're talking, remember to move from the general to the more specific. So you help kind of rein people's imaginations <coughs> towards a single point of reference. Um, maybe that seems too basic. I don't know. But it is, it's just sort of <coughs> one of the things that I've uh, always taught my improv classes in terms of, you know, how to make references really land properly. Um, another thing, of course, I'm sure you're aware of the saying, brevity is the soul of wit. And that's true. Uh, I think, I know I've been guilty of this. In fact, I'm probably doing it right now. Uh, but certainly a number of other podcasters have been where you just sort of go on and on and on. And you're not quite sure where the point is going to land. And so you lose that energy that could otherwise be seen as humorous. 
Um, some of the better sketch shows, you can really see this coming to the fore. It's a little harder to see in the conversational shows. <clears throat> uh, it's easier in the conversational shows that are done by professional comedians, by and large, because that's their stock in trade. For uh, those people who are not professionally comedians or writers of comedy, it's more of a scattergun. You know, you're going to land some pretty good jokes once in a while. A lot of times, it's just going to be kind of uh, a lot of hunting around, hoping you stumble across something funny, uh, because that's just the nature of the beast. Writers do that in the privacy of their, you know, writing mind, and then they get it down on paper and refine it. So all of a sudden, now there's the joke. Uh, whereas you're actually doing your crafting on the podcast. So uh, <clears throat> one thing you might want to do, particularly if you do a conversational style of show with uh, more than one person, is uh, kind of do a mini version of what would be a writer's room before you start rolling the tape. Uh, I know this is sort of an alternative form of entertainment, and certainly there's a lot to be had hearing the preparations for things happening. But if you can start kicking some ideas around, really sort of prime the pump, jot some keynotes down, and then turn on the recorder. Or, I mean, you could be re running the recorder, but just, you know, start the show when the meat really starts coming out of the oven, not when you're still putting the seasoning on it and trying to figure out what it is you're going to cook. What a lovely analogy that was. Um, so, you know, keep it tight, keep it quick. Uh, unless you've got a story that's leading to a definitive conclusion that you know where it's going and you know how to pull people along, you know. You can, you know, Larry Miller is a great case in point, both in terms of his stand-up and also in terms of his podcast. He can tell a 25-minute story that brings it to a definite humorous conclusion because he knows how to craft that. <coughs> so... Don't be uh, afraid to listen to some of those masters of the craft and learn from them in terms of how do I do this? How do I keep an audience listening? How do I take them along for the ride, have them visualize what they need to be seeing so when I hit that punchline, it all comes together in one neat little package. Uh, so there's a couple of basic sort of comedy rules that, I don't know, may be helpful to you. Um, at least maybe get you reading a little bit more about how to do this. Um, comedy writing book never is uh, a wrong way to go in terms of gaining some new information. And if you have improv classes available in your area, <coughs> excuse me, uh, another fine place to start really learning how to bring stuff in and you know, bring in these offers. That's what they call them in improv. When you, you know, you're having a conversation on stage in character, you're giving the other character an offer. You're saying, "Here, let's do this." They are responding to the offer, saying, "Yes, let's do that." And after that, we'll do this. So you're doing a lot of what's called yes anding. You're always agreeing with and building on what came before. You're listening, uh, but more than that, you're, you know, you're building from offer to offer and it's just like a conversational podcast um, so it's really just practice and listening a lot of times when I'm uh, screening some of these these shows uh, I elect not to pull a clip because I can't find anything that isn't sort of long and rambling because there's a lot of egos at play a lot of hey I want to get my joke in there I want to talk here I want to bring the conversation here regardless of what it is that you want to do. 
So there isn't a whole lot of give and take. There's a lot of take, 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 take. So one of the things you want to practice is, you know what? It's your podcast. You can make it as long or as short as you want. So you know what? Let podcast host A take the show to a story he wants to tell. And then after that story's done, go ahead and do podcast host B or two. Did I start with A or B? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, I know it sounds very soapboxy, so sorry about that. But uh, there's definitely ways to craft comedy for the listening ear. And uh, those may be a couple of helpful suggestions to you. I am pulling off uh, Interstate 5 at um, Anderson Pea Soup, which is one of my favorite stops. It's at Highway 33, where it intersects Highway 5. And uh, I've been stopping at Anderson's for years, making the kettle, uh, Kessel Run uh, to L.A. and back. And uh, I used to sit here and I would eat my soup and take my time. Now I just sort of get it to go in a styrofoam cup and drink it on the way home. But uh, this is where I will conclude this very thrilling episode 61.5. And I will talk to you again soon on Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Over now. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show, email us at marc at succotashshow.com, or call into the Succotash hotline at our toll call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your Loyal booth announcer Bill Haywatt reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.